It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I sent you guys a text during the interview. I forgot a topic that we have to touch on. We got Bull got hot on it specifically during the pre-show meeting. I I don't need Juan. Listen, Juan Thornhill. Should we show the tweets first so everyone's on the same page? Show the tweets. Give me the context. Give me the context. Here's the context: newly signed safety Juan Thornhill (laughs) for the Browns comes from Kansas City. He's not used to losing. Didn't lose a lot in Kansas City, won two Super Bowls. And he tweeted a thread, three tweets, I believe it was two days ago on Wednesday. So yesterday, on Wednesday. And Steve, take the first tweet. We'll read all three. This from the chosen Juan, Juan Thornhill, new Brown safety. If y'all can't tell, I'm tired of the negativity and I've only been here for three weeks. We will win this year 100 emoji. Next one. And I don't care what happened any year before I got here. New era, and last but not least, the third one. If you aren't all the way in with us this year, then peace. Hashtag dog. Fight. Okay. He's been here two effing seconds, all right? I, Juan Thornhill, I love that you're excited about the Browns. We're all excited about the Browns, okay? I am so sick of this bullshit about th- people being too negative about the Browns. We have, we have the biggest Homer fan base in America— most of the media members are puff pieces here, all right? There's, there's very few tough media members. We have, by and large... I'm ve- sitting right here. I said very few. <laughs> I didn't say none. Jason's one of the few tough ones out there. I'm all right? I'm Our media is soft as Charmin, by and large, the, the beat reporters in this town that cover teams, okay? There's a few exceptions to that. Uh, this idea that people are overly negative. The team has sucked forever, when the team loses year after year after year, how do you expect people to be positive? Now, I can't speak for every member of the media, okay? I, maybe there are some people who do this. I'm certainly sure there are. By and large, when you're a media member, you're not looking to be negative on purpose. Why would you do that? That doesn't make any sense, all right? When a team sucks, you're going to be negative because the team sucks. Juan Thornhill's been here two seconds. We've been told by a million players and a million coaches that what happened before here doesn't matter. Well, it matters to the people here, okay? Because you may be here for a year or two or five or eight. That's great. And I think you're a nice player. I'm happy you're here. I'm glad you're enthusiastic. I'm glad you think you're going to win. We think the Browns are going to win too. But this idea that everybody's got to shut up and that if anybody says anything negative, they can't root for the team. F you! That's ridiculous. People are scarred by what's happened year after year. And people have had positive vibes year after year. And players have said they're going to win. They're going to do this. They're going to give us playoff tickets. And they never come through. So stop talking, stop complaining, and just do it on the field. Part of what makes it, especially with that franchise, what makes it so difficult, I've talked to players and executives who come here. They're like, man, I didn't have anything to do with 20 years ago. It's like, well, guess what? That's part of the role of coming here is carrying that burden. That's right. Because you aren't responsible for it, but you have to be aware of it, and you have to understand why people are so upset and why they're so hurt and why it's so frustrating to them. 
because it, uh, uh, Richard Jefferson's a good example. In 2016, before they won the championship, I was talking to RJ about just the drought of Cleveland. He's like, I don't give a damn about that. I wasn't here for that. I'm trying to win for me. Like, y'all along for the ride, and, you know, I hope we win and you can celebrate, but I want to win for me because I've never won a championship, and we got a good chance to win a championship. And just the way that he phrased it was just different. But but I understand from the but players' that's perspective. that's fine, Jason. I get that. Yeah. Well, I don't have a problem Richard Jefferson saying that. But Richard Jefferson, I don't know if he did this, but if he would have said, well, the fans should shut the hell up. Right. You, if you if you don't care about the history, if Juan Thornhill doesn't care about the history, that's fine. If right. I were him, I wouldn't care either. Right. But you can't tell everybody else here not to care about that right. or that, that it's not a factor. You can't just parachute in there is, two it, seconds it, ago. It goes a little bit back to what Cecil was saying. There is such a sense of entitlement with players today can't take any criticism. They're soft and all in so many. I can't tell you how many athletes I've come across here in town that just can't handle any sort of criticism whatsoever. And it just being real, it's not even criticism. It's, it's, it's just facing the reality of the situation. I, I mean, and when, they just can't handle when, it. When you got four, four record, four since the eighties, four, four teams over 500. You know, people tell me all the time, I, well, G. Bush, you know, sometimes, you know, I listen and you're just too negative on them. And I'm saying, listen, bro, I'm not being negative. I'm just married to the facts, bro. Like, at the end of the day, you, didn't, you, don't, you don't have anything to show for what you're talking about. It, it would sound stupid for you to be optimistic about a team you know is not good. But here's what they think. I'll tell you when you did well. And listen, I trust me, we would like to say that you guys are really good. Yeah. Go back and look at 2020. There wasn't too much negative stuff going around. Even when people said, well, maybe Baker isn't the guy. Guess what? Everybody was excited that they beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Everybody was excited and, 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 and rallying around the team. And see, sometimes players, y'all got to understand something. Y'all got to get in y'all's books. Y'all got to read philosophy. Y'all got to get in psychology, sociology, and the way you endear yourself to people, bro. The way you come in here and say, man, look, I, I would be mad too. And they can boo us all they want. But guess what? We are, we are part of a legacy. And until we win, we are a part of a legacy of losing. And we, they deserve better. We're going to try to get it done here. And I know a lot of players have said that before. But what I'm saying is we're going to put that type of effort in and we're going to make sure that we hold people accountable if they ain't putting that, that level of, of playing. And people would like it. But when you go out and say, oh, you, you, I wasn't here, you're not self-aware, bro. You, you making it. That's just one. We've heard that before. You're actually making yourself bigger than the team, bigger than the history. The history, that helmet is going to outlive you. That color, them colors and them brown helmets going to outlive everybody, including me, including Jason. We got our little opportunity to opine on the Browns while we on this little blue rock called Earth, and you get a couple of seconds, like Cecil said, to come put the pads on and do what you do and get paid a lot of money. At the end of the day, the legacy continues to live, so you got to understand what the past is to even talk about the future. And here's, here's a fact. When the Browns win, we get better ratings. <laughs> and more money. So, so we want the Browns to win and sponsors. So there's, there's certainly nobody wants to purposely be negative. But when the team plays like shit, we're gonna tell you they play like shit, and they played like shit for most of the last thirty years. So what do you want from people? This guy's too negative. I mean, whenever I hear fans complain about that, I always think this person has never seen a newspaper in an in, a, in an East Coast city, because. <laughs> When I was working in New York, okay, I'd have fans. Mariano Rivera, the greatest closer of all time. There's no debate. There's no discussion. He'd have a bad week. There'd be articles about, is, has, he, has he lost it? There'd be fans calling me on the radio station there. He, he's done. Let's get rid of it. This guy's the greatest ever. There's zero debate. There's not even a conversation. There's not even another person you could possibly bring up. And that happened time and time again. The media in New York, Boston, Philly, in particular, those three cities, and even Chicago, I know it's not East Coast, way tougher on their teams than in Cleveland. So this idea that Cleveland media, and I don't love everybody here in the media either. I've taken pot, pot shots at people, you know that. But like this idea that the media is out to get the teams and too negative. When the teams suck, you got to say they suck. What the hell else are we supposed to do? We all want the Browns to win because it is good for business. I'm confused where people work at. When I worked in corporate America, 
you had a quota, a revenue goal every single month, like it was like it was a clockwork. And if you didn't hit the revenue goal, you had to do a whole presentation about why you didn't hit the revenue goal and what changes you're going to make in the next week under budget concerns or how we gonna get it done. Hey, listen, NASA is really, really, they're really tough on the engineers because guess what? If they mess up, people blow up in space. Hey, police officers, they're real. They got, they got vest cams on now. They critique everything they do and stops. You know why? Because if something messes up, they die. At the end of the day, we're adults, people. If you're an adult, you should have to understand negativity is part. Things you don't want to hear are part of your life. And that's just a reality. This is sports. Yeah. This is someone's job. It happens sometimes. And, you know, so listen, I'm glad that Juan Thornhill's on social media. I know the percentage of our fan base that feels the way that Juan Thornhill does, where you can't say anything negative about the team ever. We'll be supporting him and saying we're a bunch of jerks and we're mean and I'm not from Cleveland and all that same old crap we've heard a million times before. It's just silly. It really is. And the player, like, if you're fair in your criticism to me, like, I, 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 the play, that's part of the gig. When you're a player, you're going to be criticized sometimes by the media. What drives me nuts is you could say 99 things good about a player and one thing bad, and they'll never say, you know, thanks for that nice article. Thanks for this. And maybe they do to you, whatever, once in a while, yeah, but I doubt very it. often. But you say one negative thing, what's your problem, Jason? Yeah. Right? Oh, that's happened. I mean, yeah. when Tra- I'll give you an example of Trevor Bauer for me on the radio. Like, when he first got acquired by the, the Indians. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Most of the media members, especially radio people, didn't even know who he was when he first came to the minors. And I was lauding this guy. Top prospect. Great stuff. Yeah, he's unique. He's a little weird. We found out he was very weird. But, like, this guy's going to be great. And I was talking about this guy for years as he was coming through the system when nobody else knew who the hell he was. And one, and then I criticized him once for something in Oakland. He blocked me on Twitter. He's ripping me on Twitter because he's a baby. And now he can't even get out to Japan because he sucks and he's finished. And good riddance. <laughs> That's personal. And he could get mad at me for that. Hey, can I get a shield over here, bro? I need a shield. Sorry, spit I'm on. spitting all over the place. Man, this guy, he's sitting here over here like the honky-tonk man, bro. <laughs> this dude is... He, he, I'm he, out of control. He out here moving around like Bam Speaking Bam Speaking of Bigelow. which, can we talk for a minute about people that do uh, get engaged at... Uh, or are we saving that for overtime? Or are we doing, that is, that we're doing, the, are we that doing Buckeyes? You'll start Ohio State for a second. So, we mentioned this before. Do we have the... You want to put the thing up there? Yeah, well, I'll, read the, I'll read the quote again. Okay, this is the quote. Boy, you sent it to us this so morning. So Kirk Herbstreet was being interviewed, and he talked about there's a small percentage of, of Ohio State fans who are basically crazy. And he says, quote, and this is Kirk Herbstreet, the 15 percenters, they get mad at anything. That percent is going to be mad at something always. Ryan Day could win the Michigan game, go out into the playoffs and lose, and they'll be mad about that. That group is just, just a bunch of jackasses who kind of embarrass us all at Ohio State. So I don't really care, honestly, what that group thinks. But the people who matter, the logical people who actually have a brain and understand the sport, they love what Ryan Day has done. The fact that this is even a topic is almost comical. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I think Kirk Herbstreit is the best analyst in college football. I love him and He's respect pretty, him as pretty, an analyst. Pretty good in the NFL, too. And the NFL, too. I agree. Pretty good. But I completely disagree. I mean, he's got to get off his ivory tower with comments like this, okay? Ryan Day has been a disappointment as an Ohio State coach. I don't, his record is irrelevant. It's completely irrelevant because, it, because Ohio State plays at least eight games a year that they have almost no chance of losing. Super fast. And that they could win with almost any coach, if not any coach in America. Super fast. So I don't care about those games. The only games that matter, pretty much, are Michigan 
and the playoffs. That's and it. if you don't win those games, then you didn't do crap, and he hasn't won those games. I think Herbie's coming this from this from the perspective of that 15%, and I think it's higher. Way like higher. It's an arbitrary figure that yes, he's throwing sure. out. I think it's yeah. 25. I think it's a lot higher, probably higher than 25 right. of the toxic fans. But he said 15 because he doesn't want to rip too many people. But that's what drove him out of Columbus. Like, he moved his family out of Columbus because of that 15% that he's talking about. That's why he's in Tennessee now. Like, he's well, been open about that. people were, like, going after him? Well, yeah, because it's, he was so hard for him to live in Columbus with his kids and family and everything else. Yeah, and those, pe- those people so, are idiots. And so, I think he's coming at this from a very personal standpoint. Yeah, okay, yeah. But the larger point here, I, I guess if you want to throw me in that toxic 15%, go ahead, because I, I thought he could get fired after losing the Michigan game last year. And if he loses it this year, he better just go to the NFL now. Like, he better just find an NFL job and go to the NFL because if he loses it three years in a row, boy, you're right. There's only a couple of games every year that, that really matter. I mean, right. you're Ohio State. I was just down there a few weeks ago, and Tyvis can tell you it's better than anybody. Well, I covered Ohio State for 10 years. Prior to when I covered the NBA, I was an Ohio State beat writer. So I was down there all the time. And to see the Woody Hayes facility now compared to when I was there, I had John's last year, I had Cooper's last year, yeah. and most of the Trestle years. And it was nice, but it is unbelievable now. The facilities that they have down there and the way that they show off all the trophies and the Heisman trophies, national championships, Big Ten awards, it recruits itself. This, the place recruits itself. Yeah. You always get the top recruits. You don't have to be an elite recruiter anymore. Now, if, you, if you're a terrible recruiter, of course it's going to fall off. But the place can just you, – you're going to get five-star kids in all the time. And there's only a couple of games that are really up in the balance. Every once yeah. in a while, Penn State might come up and get you. Every once in a while, Wisconsin might come up and get you. Yeah. You should never lose to Purdue. Like, you should never lose to Western. Ever. And here's the, here's the thing, like, that doesn't get talked about a lot. So, Ohio is probably, what, the fourth best state in America in terms of talent behind Florida, Texas, California. Is that fair to say? No, Georgia's. Produces unbelievable amounts of talent. All throughout the South. Yeah. yeah. All throughout the South. Oh, but Ohio is in the country. Ohio's right near the top. And I believe it is the only state in America that is near the top of talent and only has one premier program. Yes. As opposed to these other states that Even have Michigan multiple has premier two. programs. Yeah. Big Ten schools, yeah. Right? Yeah. And, you know, Pennsylvania has good talent, and they really and only have one. If you, I mean, you could count Pitt, I guess. Yeah. Pitt well, if we state. count Pitt, don't we have to count Cincinnati? Kind of, no. Yeah, I guess. And, I mean, Cincinnati's but coming. They're on the coming. Come. But pretty much, like, you have one of the best pools of talent in America, yeah. and you're the only premier program. And, and you're going to get great talent. And he's done a good job recruiting, but they haven't won the games that matter, two, and that's all that counts. Two things is getting them, and I don't think Kurt understands this now. So when NIL came in, right, it changed the game, right? Yep. And you would talk to Tyvis, talk to some of these guys around the program, and these guys are getting six figures, easy. I, I mean, if you're a guy, five-star guy, you get six figures. All the stuff you thought they were doing before, oh, it's out in the open now, it's just all good. But when you start taking NIL money, that means you are a corporation. That means you have shareholders. That means you have someone to report to. And if I'm somebody that has a booster, all these packs and different people giving money, it's just like politicians. Hey, listen, you want to donate to my campaign? Well, guess what? This super PAC is going to funnel this money to you. But when it gets get time to ready to vote on certain issues, you yeah. know where to vote, right? Yeah. So if you're looking at these guys for in terms of shareholders and stakeholders, I'm giving these kids $100,000. I'm breaking these dudes off that might not even be playing. Now, I'm giving you that money because I want to see certain results. That's right. And the results I care about is Michigan in these championships. And I get tired. See, there's only one thing y'all don't understand about rich people. When, when rich people get to a certain level, they all rich. There's not too much you can just. We got the same cars. We vacation the same places. Our kids go to the best schools, blah, blah, blah. But where you get to the top of the food chain, guess what you get? Now I could joust with you when it comes to well, my team is better than yours and I helped get that kid and I landed that kid. And if you know a rich person in Alabama or a rich person in, in, in South Carolina named Clemson in Alabama, they're winning. They are winning. They are in those cha- Georgia. They are in those championships every year. And if you rich and you giving your money, you asking Ryan Day, how any kind of hard to see you get the top recruits and you got a lave. And you got Garrett Wilson, and you got Jackson Smith and Jigba, and you got you had Jamison Williams. He couldn't even get on the field. You didn't have all the Boses. You didn't have all these Chase Young, and you only got one national title since 2015. Well, he doesn't have any. He has zero. Yeah. So 
Of course, you in a hot seat. Like, come That's on, right. you're right. not, you're not competing. You with have the all big this dogs. great talent. Let's go win the games <laughs> that matter. Jim Tressel and Urban for all Urban Meyer's. Jim Tressel, great guy. Urban Meyer, certainly a flawed person. But for all I'm his, pr- I'm proud of you, boo. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Tone yeah. that down. I toned it down. It flawed, Urban, flawed I'm proud person. of you, flawed person. Uh, Look at but working on that. Those two guys kicked the shit out of Michigan. <laughs> yes. Almost, every every time, basically. And competed against Southern teams. Russell lost in 03. Right. I think that was it. One time, Urban never lost to Michigan. They understand that. This this is Dustin Fox, who we all know, friend, my partner for 12 years, only went to Ohio State because of Jim Trestle. Because Jim Trestle, after he went into the gym and said, we're going to beat Michigan, called Dustin Fox and said, I need you here. He was going to go to Penn State like his brother did. Mm Mm-hmm. He went to Ohio State. He was part of that national championship team. Jim Tressel knew what it was about. Urban Meyer wanted to kill everybody and knew what it was about. I don't care. A Brian, Day. Brian Day's got a fantastic beard. He's got a great beard game going. He does. And he's won some impressive games against Rutgers, Purdue, and Northwestern. Congratulations. You have to win the games that freaking matter. Nobody gives a rat's ass about anything else. Nothing. Those games mean nothing. So, Kirk Herbstreit, you're awesome. And I get it that it's a personal thing. I didn't think about that. And anybody that attacked, went after his kids or went after him personally, tried to do anything, you people are awful human beings. You should fall off the face of the earth. But to (laughs) criticize Ryan Day and to say he should be fired if they lose to Michigan again is absolutely, if nothing else, fair conversation. They're in trouble this year because they ain't got no quarterback. (laughs) Oh, we don't know that. Oh, I do. Uh, Stroud looked rough his first his I, first start, he hey, looked right. Hey, People were calling for him to be hey, benched his first game. I, listen, I, I, I've I, seen your boy McCourt and Brown. Listen, it's the difference between Justin Fields looking back and C.J. Stroud looking back because at least you knew they had certain talents and certain, certain skill sets. I don't know if those guys got the certain skill set. I have a hard time believing Ohio State doesn't have a quarterback. There's well, no excuse for that. Hey, I have a hard time. Never well, they have two five stars on the roster, or whatever that means. Yeah, I mean, bold to your early like the, yeah. the whole recruiting thing. Actually, Ohio being the hotbed doesn't really matter anymore because Dustin wouldn't get recruited Ohio State now, and I love Dustin. And I've asked him. I, I don't know if, if they would recruit him or if he was a big enough. Like they get Troy Smith wouldn't have been recruited by Ohio State now. Right. That's amazing. There, is that a negative? No, it's not a negative. Well, is there a but part no, of it that's a negative no, because of that? The, the Ohio kids. There's no affinity. Care. There's right. no affinity. It's a business. There's yep. no affinity to an Ohio hey. kid growing up wanting to play at Ohio State. Right. That's gone. And that Michigan, that that meaning of beating Michigan. Yes, that, is that not there is. I'll give yes. that. I'll give you talked to Maurice Claret, like or Dustin. Like that worked for him. Like when Trestle went and got the Ohio kids, the Ohio kids had a chip on their shoulder. It's like, yo, they played one of the greatest teams I've ever assembled in my life. When I they be they be, I can't say nothing to Dustin. You won't even hear me talk about Dustin in no football. Like I talked to Mike Dawson them. Like they went with just Ohio kids. These kids was like around the block kids. Like. Up the street that you the played. The first with. thing Trestle did was put the borders up around Ohio, and like the Charles Woodsons that left and went to Michigan, the Elvis Gerbox that left and yep. went. He kept all the state, the in-state talent in Ohio, and they won a national. T- well, that was actually a lot of Cooper's guys. That he won a national yeah. title with. But but, but a lot of a lot but of he had kids. a lot of success with a lot of Ohio yeah. kids. Bobby Carpenter, AJ Hawk, right, uh, Maurice, C Grant, C Grant. Uh, these dudes was just these guys were just Northeast Ohio kids. But the crazy thing about it is. That worked for them. Now Ohio State, I would call they they was like Alexis back then. They they Rolls Royces now. Like they got, when I mean they recruit like it's an Urban made it national. It's That's for, the it's one Rose thing Royce. Urban did. Yeah, was Urban made this a national? I remember they used to never be able to get a kid out of Florida when Trestle was here. They couldn't get a running back out of Florida, and if they right. did, they were broken and they were flawed. Like right. Lydell Ross, Lydell, Lydell, like I, we, they used to laugh and say, "How do you get the slowest running back out of Florida?" Because like, the other three didn't want him. If right. you got a kid out of Florida, it's because the other three didn't want him. Right, and that's not the case now. And that's no. what Urban 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 changed the recruiting scene at Ohio State yeah. and made it a national program. And now Ryan Day's yeah, the one who's benefited from it. was hard to get it. Southern kids to want to play. They couldn't get a kid out of Pennsylvania. Weather. I remember when they got oh, Rory wow. Nickel. They got Rory Nickel. I think he was the first tight end recruit out of Pennsylvania. Yeah. And it was like a celebration that they got a Pennsylvania kid away from Joe Paterno. It was like unheard of that, that you could win a Pennsylvania recruit 
over Penn State. Or, or remember because that kid didn't want to end up in the showers with Jerry. <laughs> oh, Jesus oh, Lord. God. Damn. I, I and then they got Terrell. And then they got And then they got Terrell Pryor. I gave you credit for being posh the other yeah, time. And I here you go. Uh, remember that guy Kenyon Rambo <laughs> out of California? Oh, like it. that was the Kenyon Rambo. He's gonna be the next big oh, thing. He, like he did nothing. <laughs> he did nothing. Yeah, yeah. I, yes. got, I got Mike some Rambo <laughs> Yeah, just I mean, looking at the Ohio State recruiting rankings from the last couple of years, their best players haven't been from Ohio. I mean, That's Julian right. Fleming was the number one kid in the country, Pennsylvania kid. Jackson Smith and Jigba, Texas. Garrett Williams. Uh, Garrett Wilson Garrett Will- went yeah, to Wilson, Baker's Texas. High School. Sorry. I mean, they recruit Texas as well as A&M and Texas does right now. All that matters is winning. I don't care about the recruiting rankings. So, uh, we're going to do one more read. In we're going to talk to the Guardians. We're going to end with yeah. some fun. But the 12 o'clock lunch drive, the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, is sponsored by the Colleagues Companies Championship. Check them out at the Firestone Country Club. From July 12th to the 16th, there are events for everyone, including kids. Something for everyone. That's a guarantee. You can learn more at colleaguegolf.com. By the way, do you know the name of the play-by-play radio voice for the Baltimore Ravens? Chuck. I, I, I actually, I think it's, it's slightly inappropriate to look it up. Look up, look up the radio play-by-play. Radio or TV? Well, radio, radio play-by-play guy for the Baltimore Ravens. He should. He, I, it'll bring it. It'll, it'll, you'll understand why I'm asking when you find his name. <laughs> And then we'll, it's and we'll never get pulled. See, this is why I don't get pulled no credit. Oh, Jerry Sandusky? <laughs> Jerry Sandusky. He got, he got to change his name. It's Jerry with a G. It's Jerry yeah. with a G. But, like, you, I can't believe this guy won't change his name. He's, you know, like, get a radio name. My real last name isn't The Bull. Yeah, like, yeah. It's not? Get you, yeah. Nah. By the way, when I was yeah. working, when I started my career in Utica, I got a, a, a letter in the mail, because this was probably, like, nobody was doing email at the time early 2000s I got a letter in the mail once from some guy who thought my last name was Debo like D-I-B-E-A-U he thought I was from Canada and that my last name was Debo 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 you know anyway Jerry Sandusky Ravens announcer you might want to like you know change it a little bit that's crazy Jerry Cincinnati yep Jerry Toledo right (laughs) (laughs) Jerry Baltimore he's calling the Raven game Jerry Willard there you go Jerry who's Jerry Willard like Old catcher from the Indians back in the day. Jerry Willard. Backup Man, catcher. Good job out of you. Thank you. And a little tiny town in Ohio that I've been to. Yes. Nick Dials, Charlie Fry hometown. Look at that. He knows it all. Who would have ever thought of Willard? Rep- I just popped coffee at my own face. By the way, speaking of uh, Indians history, the other uh, it was a couple days ago, I wasn't here, was the Len Barker, the anniversary of Len Barker's perfect game in 1982, which is the last time the – they had a no hitter. I mean, it was yeah. a perfect game, and I think it's now the longest drought in baseball. Probably, I mean, that's forty years, 41, 41 years. Yeah, without a, a no hitter, all the have pitching you that they've had Barker come through. No, uh huh. I have. He been. came on the show. Yeah, we did. Well, yeah. that's true, but I had done it beforehand. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, all right, let's keep it moving. To yeah, the, speaking of Guardians yeah. pitching, they have a plethora of young arms right now. Not everyone's pitching up to their potential necessarily, but they do have a plethora of young arms. And at some point, McKenzie and Savali are going to come back off the IL. And that's going to leave them with some serious question marks on who to keep up and how to manage seven or eight guys who have get, been getting consistent starts in this rotation. Yeah, there's nothing to question because it's not like any, most of these guys are pitching all that well. So what do you do? Do you trade them? Do you send them all down? Well, well, first of all, Tanner Bybee's never going back to the minors unless he gets, you know, unless he falls apart here. Yeah. But Tanner Bybee's been excellent in four of his five starts, so he's not going anywhere. Obviously, even though Shane Bieber was complete trash his last start, he's not going anywhere. So that's two guys that are locked in. McKenzie, once he's healthy and off the injured list, is 100 percent on on the roster. Battenfield is going back to the minors. He's going to the minors. He's He's going going to the minors. So he's out of the mix. So, all right, the last two spots, you got Logan Allen, you got Quantrill, and you got Savali. If Logan Allen's been a little up and down, I could see him going back to the minors once everybody gets healthy. But if he's pitching great, then there is a question as to what you do. One of those guys might go in the pen. A lot of the times, this sort of sorts itself yeah, out. Certainly. There's yeah. another injury of some sort. If we're going to play along that these six are healthy and, yeah. and pitching well, I think Logan probably is the one that goes probably. down. Temp- but long term, I think Savali's the odd man out. Yes. So I, whether that's a trade in July or 
after the season. I, I, I think Savali is the one who has the shortest remaining leash. I, I think Quantrill um, has done enough to stay. Uh, and Allen is the one, if you have to make a short-term move, it's probably with Logan. But I think he's pitched well enough to stay for the most part. So I tend to think it's going to work itself out. There's always an injury of some sort. You could flirt with a six-man rotation. Other teams have done that yeah. before. Uh, sort of save some wear and tear, particularly on young guys like Bybee and Allen as they – Yeah, I mean, you have a few teams that are doing it. Like the Angels do it. Part the of Padres have time. done it. Padres have done this. The Red Sox actually were doing it until yesterday. They just announced that uh, Pavetta is going to the bullpen. But they were going with a six-man rotation. Yeah, before. and I just think if, if you're worried about – I mean – as early as Bybee and Allen were called up, they're going to pitch a ton of innings this year. Right. And it's that's one way to It's a good problem their, to have. It is a good problem yeah. to have. If we're in a situation at some point in June where we're asking this question legitimately, yeah. that'll be a good problem to deal with. Yeah. That's, I don't know why they don't do that all the time. Like, if you got some young players, if you got young pitchers that need some innings, but you don't want to wear them out, I just go to a six-man rotation. Well, but you want to keep like, guys on, like, you want, theoretically, you want Shane Bieber to pitch as much as possible. So you wouldn't want to go to a six-man rotation because now you're cutting into his starts. Right. Even if he's not pitching well. Well, I mean, that's the thing. That's why I said theoretically. He got blown up the other night. And, you know, but, you know, in theory, you want your aces, you want your best pitchers to pitch more often, not right. less often. Yes. But it is a way to suppress the innings of some of the younger right. guys that you're It's something about. you might do for a few weeks. Yeah. Let's say you have a – every year there's a stretch where you play 20 games in a row or 27 to 28 – Maybe for a month you go to six man rotation. Right. You're not going to do that for the whole season. Probably not. You know, and and within those few weeks, somebody's going to get hurt or right. whatever. Right. I I agree long term. You know, because you got Gavin Williams who's going to be here at some point too. Yes. But but Shane Bieber, this is Shane Bieber's last year. Yes, here. it is. There's no doubt. So I don't think they're going to trade him in season. Uh, now, if they're if they're 10 games under 500 at the trade deadline, he's gone. Yeah. Now, he better be pitching better or, or, I mean, his trade value is not what it was. No. No. Because it's not what it was. I mean, it keeps sliding. Right. So, for, compared to what it was a year ago even, you know, I think it's less. Because, oh, yeah. Because of the velocity and because, you know, sometimes, going back to the, the mean media, I think people, fans get upset that we keep talking about this. It's like, well, we're talking about this because teams are talking about this. This yeah. is a real thing with where his velocity is. Is it a sticky stuff thing? Is it in, oh, the shoulder injury at a couple right. of years ago? I don't know. All I know is what the radar gun is saying. What the radar gun is saying is not great. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I mean, listen, it, and the Guardians are in a weird spot because they have all this depth already in the minors. You've called up Rocky Owen Freeman here. They both played yesterday, but they're not getting any kind of long look because Jose's coming back in right. a couple of days. You know, but – if the Guardians, you know, I, I just keep assuming they're going to be fine by the end of the year. And because the division is so bad, I again, they played awful and they're still only four games out. But if, let's say, unlikely scenario, I think it's still unlikely that they're out of it or way out, you know, then Rosario is going to get traded. Now, you're not going to get a ton for him, but you trade him if you're out of it. Get a reliever. You're definitely going to trade Bieber. You know, they could trade Karachek. I wouldn't surprise. I wouldn't be surprised if they traded him. And, and he's a guy, even if he's pitching well, you might trade him. Because you worry he's going to lose his mind next year. Or yeah, whatever. they don't have a lot. If it's a sell, they really don't have a lot to, to sell off and trade. It's only a couple of pieces. Where else are you going to go? That's true. Yeah, but it's not a big fire sale. No, at any but, but it would give an opportunity for some more young players to come up. Sure. And they need to trade. Again, I want to see. They need to get a bat. Like, go get a bat. A proven bat, not another minor leaguer. Right. A proven you know, outfield bat. You know who I saw yesterday who I think would make a lot of sense here? Ramon Laureano. The A's are going to know where he is yeah. contract wise. I don't know where he is contract wise. I just happen to the, see talking him. Talking about a team like the A's are the worst team in baseball, and they have almost nothing to trade. He's one piece though. That he's they can one trade. of the few he's, pieces. He's got to be arbitration eligible or close to it. He's not. I don't think he's close to leaving. I don't think it no. wouldn't cost you a ton. It no. certainly isn't going to cost. He only you. makes three and a half million. It's not going to yeah. cost you these other names that we've been no, throwing he's around. Not a, you know, he was a big prospect at one point. He's, kinda, he's had some injury concerns. I yeah. think he had a drug suspension in there. Yep. You can throw him in right field. He'd be an upgrade over what you got. Now, he's not going to be the Brian Reynolds conversation no, that we no, talked no, about. No, no, no. But, but he's certainly but he's not, not giving up that much. He's a right-handed bat. He's got some speed. He's a great outfielder. Like, yeah. It'd be a perfect fit here. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I'm like, is there a reliever they can get from Oakland as well? But no. I mean, Oakland's really I mean, Zach Jackson, I guess. But Yeah. I mean, I mean, they have no incentive to trade no, him, though. But, no. But, well, he's 
Yeah. I, I, we're not going to have a discussion uh, on the A's. Depth, really? Yeah, yeah. They, their <laughs> roster is so yeah. bad. Oh, my God. A, a, in the backdrop of the conversation, well, Mikey, McNuggets is picking them to lose every game. Well, and we're like, we can get the guys from the A's. I'm Mike, making money on it. Mikey yeah. called them the double A's to me, and I thought that was hilarious. Like, I don't know if he came up with that or if he saw that somewhere. Did you see it or you came up no, with I, it? No, that, that was me. It's actually right, well a typo, done. but then I laughed at it after. That was, was like, awesome. The double A's or the triple A's, the Oakland triple A's. Like, that fits them perfectly this year. I, I'm trying to think of some, like, other hitters. I'm, I'm, I hadn't really thought about it because it's so early in the season, but uh, like other bad teams that have some stuff to trade, there's not a ton of teams that are like completely out of well, it. Well, the second point. wild card is going to make that the case every year. Right. Like is the, you have teams that are kind of on the fringe and which way do they want to go? So yeah. it could really reduce the supply and demand aspect of the trade deadline every year. I, I, I'll tell you, it could be an interesting guy uh, for, as a rental for the Guardians if you want to get an outfielder. Otani. <laughs> no, he's no. Well, I'd love that, but he, they're never going to do That's that. That's not it's Cost too much. Um, and again, I don't know that the Cubs are going to be out of it. They're they're playing poorly right now too. But Cody Bellinger has bounced back, mm-hmm. and they signed him to a one year deal. Uh, now he's making twenty million this year. But if you traded him for the last two months, he's talking six seven million. Right. I don't know, whatever. But like he'd be a bat that if that if the Cubs were out of it. Now again, the NL Central's. Well, not as bad as the AL Central, but it's not, not that great. much better. So yeah. I don't know that the Cubs are going to completely fall out of it. Right. But they've got a lot of young players they want to play, like the Guardians do. But Bellinger's a proven outfielder, like he and he's a guy you give up one decent prospect for, not like a ton of right. a ton of stuff. Um, and that might be a guy. I, you know, St. Louis is right now in the basement. Isn't he a lefty? Isn't Cody a lefty? He is. See, I think you want a right-handed bat. They've got they're so lefty. Ideally, yes, but you know. You yes, take what you can get. If you can that? hit the ball, you're an upgrade over what they're putting. Yeah, in but he's now. got big. He's got big time power. Plate. He does have big time power, but yeah. the, you would think that there'll be right-handed bats available at the deadline. I would like yeah. to see them go get a right-hander. They yes. they need to balance out. I mean, George Valera could be an option. Yeah, but he's another lefty. Right, right. From the well, Bo Naylor. Are we talking Bo Naylor? Are we saving Bo? We're Naylor? gonna save Bo Naylor, but I have something I have to bring up that. Yeah. It just occurred to me like four minutes ago when I was looking at the box store. Yeah. The Guardians played four shortstops yesterday. Mm. Rosario DH'd, Jimenez at second, but he's naturally yeah, a shortstop. Rocky and uh, Freeman. Rocky and Freeman. Yeah. And the guy. At this well, point, you can't say Jimenez is a shortstop because he hasn't really. I know he could play it, but he hasn't played shortstop. You don't ever really see a four. I know he's not technically a yeah. shortstop, but four shortstops in the infield. But this is why, and they have more coming. Like this is it, why it, they. This is why they really focus on shortstops because you can put them anywhere. Right. That's why they got Arias in right field. But it's time to use some of that. Yep. Agreed. And I, it's, I, it's, I think, I, yes, they could have gone after Sean Murphy. Yeah. But I just think they haven't they haven't found the right match yet for whatever reason. Right. Because I think that they're willing to part with these guys. First of all, I think they need to identify who they're keeping and who's who's expendable. Right, right, right. And I think, I, I think a lot of people are overlooking Arias. I think everyone looks at Arias as like this utility fielder, no, and, and Rokio yeah. is the shortstop of the future. I think that's inaccurate. I think Arias is the shortstop next year, and Rokio is the one who's expendable. I, I think. Really? Yes. And I'm not just saying this. I, I think Rokio, Freeman, uh, Will Brennan, who I love, mm-hmm. and he hasn't played well, but we love the guy. He hasn't been great. Don't you dare slander Will Brennan on the a- show. And, and George Valera should all be available and trade for the right guys. And I think they probably are. You know, I don't think and they so wanna... should Logan Allen and Yeah, I think Allen well yeah, I think Allen could be a trade piece. I don't think they're touching Bybee. No. Gavin Williams is untouchable probably at nope. this point. Right. No. Espino, it Espino is what it is with the injury right now. Yeah. It's too, much, too much injury. But. but I think with the hitters, I think that they would package any or all of them in the right deal. You have to be willing to to, to get some proven major leaguers. You don't have enough proven bats. Yeah. Plus, you know, and it's time. I, I, I know we'll talk more about it, but Jason won't be here tomorrow. They got to give Bone Aylor a shot. I mean, what what is happening here? It's and this is a whole other. And I really I haven't even explored this. Like yeah. I want to ask a couple of people about this, but like the whole contract clock thing. Yeah. They kind of moved away. Like, look at all the guys like yeah, Quan, right, right. Quan, Bybee, uh, all these guys that they didn't worry about the contract right. clock. They just called them up. And yet with Naylor, it sort of feels like a contract clock thing. Yeah, I, I mean, this is, I mean. I wonder if after June 1st, if, if he'll be here. He has to be here soon. I absurd. mean, what, he's killing it. And, and I don't know enough about it, his receiving skills and if that truly is a reason or not. But Zunino's been a disaster Zunino, behind the plate. Zunino and is he a was always a pretty decent fielder. I just think he shot. And with Sandy on the roster here, if he yeah. does have deficiencies – 
who better to teach yeah, him? Yeah, I know. I than, know. And not on the roster, but on the yeah. coaching staff. We won't, we'll leave it there. We'll talk more about it tomorrow. All right, Mikey, what do you got for us? Uh, we got one more read, and we got a – this might be fun. It might not be, but yeah. I think it will be fun okay. way to end the show today. But one last reminder that coming up next month, the Colleague Companies Championship at Firestone Golf Club is taking place. From July 12th through the 16th at the famous Firestone Country Club, it is fun, family-friendly events all week long, featuring some brand-new fan zone experiences, free attendance for kids, and concerts every night. There is something for everybody, and you can learn more at colleagedolf.com. One more note, some scheduling alert. Steve Becker wants me to remind everybody that some of the Ohio State games will now be on NBC, including the Buckeyes-Michigan State game this year will be on WKYC, which is right upstairs from us. That's crazy. So you catch your Buckeyes on local programming. They should win that game by 90. We don't need a post-game show because it won't be close. But that is coming up on <laughs> WKYC's schedule yeah. in the near future. So, I'm very are you guys ready to have right a little now. fun? Very angry right now. Who? In the 10th round of my Dynasty League, I wanted to take Christian Kirk, and he just went two picks before me. I'm very upset about this. Damn, I'm sorry, Bull. All right, go ahead. I'm I'm, so, Bull be having so many leagues. Oh, my God, it's crazy. We like to have fun with Anthony sometimes on this show because he – Can't spell? Yeah, well, he's, he excels in certain things. Spelling is certainly not his, uh, his expertise. No. We've learned to love that about Anthony. It is what it is. Danny but Slazar? Danny, Danny Slazar. Slazar that might be my new favorite. That was the best one ever. <laughs> so my mom was cleaning the house back in Jersey the other day, and she sent me this. Can you see this? This yes. is, and I, I, I wish I had three hands to open it, but in second grade, we had to write a daily journal as a class project. And this is my second grade thoughts. Love this. And it turns out that my second grade thoughts are equivalent to Anthony's spelling equivalent. So I'm going <laughs> to go through here, and I pick some of my favorite misspelled words from my second grade project. I was six years old, and I know because I had my seventh birthday, I journaled about it in okay. here. And maybe in overtime, we'll read some passages because they're, they're quite funny. Uh, but we're going to see how bad of a speller I was. I'm going to show you a word with the picture of how I spelt it and it written out. And you guys, just like true or false, you have to guess what the word is. Okay. I Are like you guys that. ready? Yeah. There's nine of these. Nine? Well, we have, I spelt a lot of words wrong. All right. <laughs> I was six. Wow. And I had a big vocabulary. So we got nine. We got ten minutes. We'll fly through these. All right. Uh, misspelled word number one. Is McNuggets on this list? McNuggets is not. What do you think this word is supposed to be? Weird. Bull? I'm going to say, like, you was trying to say, wear, like, wearing clothes. G? Yeah, you got got the past participle. Uh, It's you you wore something. Oh, that's true. Yeah, Yeah, he weared it. Yeah. Well, Jason, you're right. Boom. I was trying to say weird. And maybe we'll give some context to these sentences in overtime. I'm better at this than true and false. (laughs) All right, next one, Steve. I'm weird inside. (laughs) What is this word? Pants. Uh, Yeah, that's – yeah, pants. Pants. You're wearing pants. Yeah, I'll go with that. It is pants. Yeah. All right, next one's a tough one. You ready? I am inside the mind of six-year-old Mikey. (laughs) Take the next one. Is that good? Steve, (laughs) can you tell what this is? Oh, my God. This is maybe the best one. I'm going to say, go ahead, you guys go. I got to guess. Sixth grade McNuggets. I think I know it. uh, Bull, save yours for last. No, it's it's called Italian. Ah, that's what I was going to say. He stole it from me. That is correct. Good call. That is correct. I I thought I was going to be the only one that got that. You see, you should have pulled it quick. You should have hit me. You should have been letting it get on the board. I was talking about getting Italian ice after our first Little League game. That's awesome. In uh, second grade. All right, next one, Steve. What is this? Interior. No. Interior? Interior. This is dumb. This is six-year-old being dumb. Bad job out of me in second grade. Interrupt? No. Enter? No. That's close. Interior? You said that already. It's not right the second time. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, Enter? I just said that. My God. Maybe I'm having a stroke right now. (laughs) Enter is the closest so Uh, far. Entered? Did I stump y'all? Yeah, I think so. Entire. Entire. Uh, the context was my entire class. 
Well, that's not even close to entire. Jeez. I never said I was smart. What a dope you are. <laughs> Ooh. All right, next one, Steve. What is this? Al pancakes. Al pancakes. Um, not alpacas, is it? It is not alpacas. Al. I'll give you a hint. The word before this was math. Math? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Correct. Algebra? No. Man, uh, equations? When you, guys, when you guys hear this, you're going to laugh. This is so bad. I got nothing. G? Uh, you deciphered Italian. Arithmetic? How about Olympics? Olympics? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I don't know how pancake, pancake <laughs> makes pancakes. it look so worse. You must have been hungry. But it's, uh, I can see the limb and then cakes. Picks. I, I, I can see where my second grade mind was going. And why yeah. was math in front of Olympics? We had math Olympics. Math Olympics. I've got a couple more. A couple of these super easy. A couple of these not as. What is this? Yankees. Easy money. Don't know why I thought. Like old McDonald had a farm. E I E I O. I don't know. I don't know. All right, next one. Assembly. Assembly. Assemble. Jason's right. No, it's school assembly. assembly. Yeah, school assembly. See that E? See that E by it? See? Two Who? more. Next. Mm. Passing. No. Farting. No. Fasting. Fascinating. No. Fascinating. Close. Well. Fasten. Like fasten your seatbelt. No. Facing. Yes. Oh! I was on the St. Louis Cardinals, and we were facing the Oakland yeah, A's in yeah. a Little League game that night. You can tell he has a little bit of vocabulary he wants to use. He flexes vocab, but it just didn't come together like he wanted to. I was just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, I was simply stupid. And the last one, this is probably the easiest one. but uh, St. Patrick's. It was St. Patrick's Day. St. Packets. St. Packets. So, so I, have a funny. I have a theory that, like, all of us um, have been have been diminished. Like, I believe my great grandfather was was smarter than me functionally. Like, I may know how to like write stuff, and he only may only went to like fourth grade. But like, they knew how to cut wood. They knew the metric system. Oh, our grandkids are gonna be idiots. We, I, uh, that type of stuff. Yeah, because I, I don't know how to. And, and I in these words. Like, if I'm typing something, if spell track ain't on, I'll be mad. Like, hold on. You're supposed to tell me that was wrong. And sometimes I just type it incorrectly and just keep going because I know I could go back and correct right, it. Right, right, exactly. And then it just That's messes me up. Yeah. Our, our grandkids are going to be idiots. Man. Because the, everything will do everything for you. It's just everything. Between Google and... Plus the education system is a disaster. Well. It's a big mess. Hey. Uh, by the way, I it's funny... Um, a friend of mine, my friend, my oldest friend, Andy, who came visit me a couple weeks ago, I was actually going to bring him in studio with us on, on a Monday. I was supposed to work, but I was sick, and so I didn't come in. But he found recently, we've been friends since the fourth grade, he recently found his book, this notebook, similar to one you had, and it reminded me now, because you, you brought yours up, and in it, we would keep lists of who we thought were the 10 hottest girls in class, and we would change it every few weeks. We'd have the... The top ten hot girls in fourth grade. <laughs> Mia, uh, Emily Baum was on there. Cerise Rattray was looking good. Joy Quinn, I had the hots for her. How do they look today? No idea. I actually saw a picture of one of them. <laughs> yeah, there is Joy a, Quinn. She looked all right. There ain't nobody. Else. Emily Baum is like a, a workout aficionado. There's Shout a, out to Emily Baum. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody pop. I wasn't getting no action. Time, time is a funny thing. 
Luz Alvarez, my God. But I shout, also but shout figured, out shout out to all the women. Like all you know, women. oh shout out listen, shout you out know, Rios. Hey, you know, like I, I see y'all out there, man. You know, we all age gracefully and I appreciate y'all, man. We're not gonna get no Don Lemon stuff around here. We're not gonna we're not gonna do that. <laughs> shout out to all the women. <laughs> and to Bulls Butcher. How's your butcher doing? My butcher? Yeah, your butcher. Yeah. Shout out to Butcher. It's not one individual butcher, but I mean, he you, he, you can't say shout out to my butcher and you, not have you had into, you went to him with a whole no, it was a woman. The woman is the one you had a calf. You had a whole calf. You know like, what? I, that I, you had brought in that you would they was quartering for you, bull. I forgot. Yeah. To, I forgot to talk about this. What? <laughs> Mother's Day. I made a feast. Yeah, Did we talk, talk about that? Yeah, that yeah, we got 90 seconds. Oh, I made a prime rib. Yeah, oh. 12 pound prime rib. Pro- it was Smoking? spectacular. That's beautiful. No, cooked it in the oven. Nice and rare. That's beautiful. Oh, it, very rare. It was spe- <laughs> well done. I had prime rib. I had potatoes, like small potatoes nice, nice. in the air fryer, asparagus. We had French toast, uh, hash browns, Damn. sausage, bacon. Had the whole because I kind of messed up Mother's Day and yeah. didn't make a reservation in time to where Ooh. she really wanted to go. Man, you, uh, that bomb group restaurant, I don't know what it's called now, out by the airport. Right, right, sure. That brunch is where she really wanted to go. It's and nice. it was the full. firefighter. Did this no, make no, up? No, for I don't know what it's yeah, called. Yeah. Did this make up for it? Everyone was impressed. And and like I was nervous about the prime rib. Yeah. I'd never made a prime rib before. Really? It was so easy. Nice. Man. It was so easy. You have, nothing better than a good prime if you, rib. If you, you want to make a prime rib, all you do is slather it in uh, Dijon mustard. And then a little salt, pepper, and garlic on top. Cook it at 500 degrees for 25 minutes. Drop the oven to 320. Don't open the door. Let it come down on its own. Three hour, uh, 320 for it wound up being about two hours. Perfect. Man, Perfect. You, you, Perfect. you know a lot about meat. Nice job. <laughs> I do know a lot about meat, G. Paul. We'll see you on overtime. <laughs> <laughs> Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.